Deacon Deason, and thank each of you. I will attempt to share this word today. I cannot guarantee that it will be a coherent message, but it is certainly what God has laid on my heart. So if there's any failure in the delivery, it's not of God, it's me. No, God never fails. So if there is any failure, it's not him, it's me. But I would like for us to look at two passages of scripture. One is found in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, which is the last book in the Bible. And the other is found in Ephesians, chapter 6. I trust and pray that the words that I speak today will be clear and understandable. I'll, I'll announce them again as we come to them. Revelation chapter 12. I'm going to read from the New International Version. I'm going to read chapter 12, verse 12. And then I'll read a few verses from Ephesians 6. The message will focus on Revelation 12. And the supplemental scriptures will come from Ephesians chapter 6. Now I've already said that the message might not be so logically laid out. So follow me please. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 12 verse 12 in the New International Translation. Revelation chapter 12 verse 12 says therefore rejoice you heavens and you who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. Ephesians chapter 6 beginning with verse 10, still from the NIV. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full arm of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. If you can take those two passages of scripture and sort of lay them side by side, the theme that we want to try to emphasize today from Revelation 12, verse 12, he knows that his time is short. Right. Our subject today 
his time is short. You may be seated. His time is short. The first thing that I would like for us to be reminded of is that the devil is real. I know that there are so many churches, and I'm not condemning anybody's church, any preacher, comparing myself to anybody, anything like that. But I know that there are a lot of places today where you don't hear anything about the devil. You don't hear anything about him in the, in the pulpit and Sunday school and home and the news. He's just not mentioned. It's as though he's not real. Don't misunderstand me. God is real too. And God has all power. But we should not be misled into believing that there is no devil and that he's not real and that his fierceness, his attacks, his, his animosity toward the saints is not real. The devil is real. When I was younger, I used to wonder why then would God have created the devil if God is good? How can a good God create a bad devil? And I guess that's a question that's probably worth pondering. But what you need to understand is that originally the devil or Satan was an angel. In fact, he was not just an angel. He was the archangel. He was the guardian of the throne of the Lord. Not that God needed protection. So Jesus said, if my father will, he would send 10,000 angels. But Sometimes I believe that our knowledge of scripture is so faint. It's faint because we hear so little about certain things. We hear a few sermons here and there and it's pretty much the same passages over and over again. And I'm not criticizing that because I'm a preacher too. And we think that there's no such thing as the devil, but the Bible is not silent on that. It's not hidden. It's right there in the scriptures. But sometimes I think we just don't want to read it or don't believe it. In heaven, there were many angels and still are. There are three there were three archangels. There were two archangels. There were three angels who ranked above the other angels. This is in the Bible. This is not a fairy tale. 
It's in your Bible. Who are they? Well, one was named Lucifer. Lucifer was the anointed cherub. He stood, if this were God's throne, he stood over the throne of God. He was God's, I'm using colloquial language, bodyguard. Again, not that God needed a bodyguard, but he was the archangel. He was a gifted angel. I know there's no pun on you. Chief musician. Yes, he was. In That's it. He could sing, <laughs> play. <laughs> he created music. He was the anointed cherub. The problem is not with God. He got beside himself. He said, wait a minute. This glory that y'all giving God, get that to me. And so he decided that he didn't want to guard the throne. He wanted to be on the throne. One thing I love about God, so different from our world, God doesn't play. Let me explain what I mean. When God saw what this evil one was up to, this archangel, a war broke out in heaven. Y'all are thinking that we're on the verge of war right now with Putin and Ukraine and Saudi Arabia and Afghanistan, all these places. But the greatest war ever fought was fought in heaven. And it's right here in the Bible. In fact, look at Revelation chapter 12. Let's start with verse 1. Now understand... That the book of Revelation is not written in chronological order. The writer of this book is the Apostle John, the beloved disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, the one to whom he said, behold your mother and woman, behold your son. He was the one that when Jesus died, he left his mother under the care of John. We presume from that that Joseph must have already died. But John was a very dear friend of Jesus. He's the author of the Gospel of John. He's the author of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, which are epistles. And he's the author of this book called Revelation. Now, this is not John the Baptist. John the Baptist was uh, Elizabeth's son, a relative of Jesus. John, the beloved apostle here, was a dear friend. But we read in Revelation chapter 12, beginning with verse 1 in the NIV, and it's in your Bible. He said, a great sign appeared in heaven. 
Now, the book of Revelation uses a lot of imagery, a lot of symbolism. And so you have to be able to decipher and understand some of the symbolism. Some of it is beyond our ability to comprehend. And some we can reasonably comprehend. So as I read these verses, something will seem apparent to you. Something may be a little foggy. Revelation chapter 12, verse 1, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven horn crowns on his head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. Now you say, what in the world does that mean? Well, it's a prophetic word. It's an apocalyptic word. It's a, a, a description of events told in metaphorical terms. I want to offer a suggestion on what it could possibly mean in relationship to this message today. But again, the book of Revelation, like the other books of the Bible, is not reserved to some single interpretation, to some single episode. It's not just, it means this, it doesn't mean that, it can't mean this, it only means that, it just means that, it doesn't that. But look at it now. John saw a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars under, on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. This woman that he envisioned was about to give birth. Usually and normally, the giving of birth is a glorious occasion. I mean, I'm not talking about the pain. I'm saying, isn't it good news when a child is born? This woman was about to give birth. She was about to expand her family. But there was an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman. So there's a woman about to give birth and there is a dragon who says, this birth is not going to take place. I'm going to prevent this birth from happening. He stood in front of her who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. 
Now let's pick that passage of scripture up and let's contextualize it today. The church, the bride of Christ, should be pregnant, should be expecting, should be growing, should be adding to its ranks. But there's an enemy, the old dragon that sits around and waits. And as soon as the baby begins to make its way through uh, to be born, he snatches the child from the mother's womb. His tail was so long, it said, that a third of the stars of the sky these three archangels, Michael, Lucifer, and um, Gabriel, they each were like overseers of a third of the heavenly host. The word host, angels, ranks, sometimes they call them stars. So this dragon's influence was so great that a third of the stars fell with this angel. The Bible says in verse 5, she gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nation with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God, to his throne. The woman fled in the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she had been taken care of for 1260 days. Again, some of these verses we can't fully comprehend. And I'm not going to stand here and try to pretend that I can decipher all of this for you standing right here in one sermon, because I can't. But I think there are some things that are very clear, and that's what we want to focus on right now. It says, then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. That's what the Bible says. It's not fairy tale. It's not made up. That a war broke out in heaven between brothers, angels, Michael and, and Lucifer and Gabriel. Lucifer, the devil, now called, wanted to cause an insurrection in heaven. And Michael said, no, brother, not here. And Michael fought 
against Lucifer. Lucifer fought back, but he didn't win. He and a third of the heavenly host were thrown out of heaven. But where were they thrown? To the earth. That's why he's called a prince of this world. He was expelled from heaven, but he still reigns and rules and runs havoc on the earth. You do can't God? Of course, God can stop him. But God's a loving God. God said, "Whoever want to follow, follow. Give you as much time as you want." But there's going to come a day when it's going to be no more. And so then we read on in chapter 12 of Revelation. He, verse 10, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accused them before God day and night has been hurled down. You see, what Lucifer was doing in heaven is he was lying on people. He was bringing accusations against the saints. He was stirring up confusion. And so this announcement went out that the accuser by brothers and sisters who accuses them before God night and day has been hurled down. We only read about Satan's direct, direct encounters with human beings in three places in the scripture. In the Garden of Eden, he came in the form of a serpent and he said to the woman, did God say you should not eat of this tree? And you know that story. That was him speaking directly, engaging directly with Eve. In the book of Job, the Bible says that he was walking to and fro in the earth, seeking whom he could vow. God said, have you considered my servant Job? He said, yeah. And the third direct encounter was in Matthew chapter 4, where Jesus was baptized. And as soon as he came up out of the water, the devil met him. Hey, if you're the son of God, those are three direct encounters with Satan that are recorded. But the problem is, or the, not the problem is, the scenario is that Satan has an army. He's not going to work alone. He's not the only devil. He's the archangel. He's the chief devil. But he has many devils. So Ephesians 6 says, Be strong, Lord, in the power of might. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers of darkness in this, you know, But why is our world in such chaos? Because the devil has been thrown down to the earth. 
And he's angry. Why is he angry? Because he knows that his time is short. He knows that he doesn't have much more time. And what I want us to notice in this text, verse 12 says, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell in them. Heaven is happy because the devil is gone. He had no place in heaven. They're having a good time up there. He said, but woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He's filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. Look like every day. Every day. Every day. People just spitting up guns and shooting. Every day! Killing one another. Every day. Yeah. Every day! But John says the reason this happened is because the devil is down here on earth. And he's filled with fear. He's in a rage. He's angry. He's angry because he knows that his time is short. He knows that the game is almost over. He knows that his final judgment It's going to happen soon. Interestingly, as I close now, Lucifer decided to rebel and try to conquer heaven. He gathered his angels and caused a war in heaven, and God took Lucifer and his angels and expelled them from heaven. But God, in his grace, and that's a strange thing for us to understand, you know, sometimes we wonder how in the world do people who are known guilty still walk around, get out on bail, they get out on bond, still free to talk. That's what God has done with the devil. He's guilty. He's guilty as charged. But he's been let loose. He's been set free to gather as many followers as he can possibly do. And the reason that the world is in the turmoil it's in because he's angry, he's furious because he knows that his time is short. Now, I find this text to be quite interesting in that unlike some of us, the devil contemplates his actions. 
like men of us. We don't, some of us, believe God's word. The Bible says, do you believe that even the devil believe and tremble? That God has told us in his word that the soul that sins shall surely die. But the way some of us live, it's like we don't believe that. We keep doing what God says don't do. Living the way he says not to live. Just going about like this can't happen to me. The devil is not quite like that. He knows. <laughs> His time is short. He knows where he's headed. He knows that there is no escape for him. But because he knows this, he's doing everything in his power to bring as many as he possibly can along with him. The message then today is don't let it be you. Don't fall for the trickery of the enemy. The nerve of him. He went to the one. Did God say? The nerve of him to go to Jesus. Didn't it say in your word? He's a bold individual. He's courageous. But he knows. He knows his time is short. In basketball, the last few minutes of the game, the team that's behind puts up all kinds of full-court presses, and they, they run the game real rapidly, shooting from long distances. Why? They know. Yeah. The time is short. In baseball, in the last inning, the team that's behind give everything they've got to try to win because they know that their time is short. In football, they call it the two-minute one. You know, they get out to the very end and folks do all kinds of things because they know the game is almost over. We're living in a time when we will expect to see fury unbridled. We should not be surprised, though it is heartbreaking. It is discouraging. It's sad. I cry when I think about the world that my grandchildren are going to have to live in. cast down what are we then to do as I close we go back to Ephesians now chapter 6 and Deacon you said many of these same things today in your prayers and even Deacon Robeson as you were speaking in the different words even the song that we heard Paul says to the Ephesians in chapter 6 verse 10 finally be strong in the Lord and in 
the power of his might. You can't depend on yourself. You can't depend on your own strength. Put on the whole armor of God. Don't go out there naked. <laughs> Don't go out there half-dressed. If you go out there in the full arm of God, strong in his might, you'll be able to stand against the devil's schemes. The devil is conniving. He'll turn husbands against wives, children against their parents, church members against church members. He will do that. But Paul says, put on the whole arm of God. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the root. We shouldn't be angry with each other. We shouldn't be killing each other. That's not the problem. The problem is that we are fighting against the powers of this dark world. Satan has been set free. He's out of jail. He's wreaking havoc. He's angry. And there's no limit to what he might do because he knows that his time is short. But the good news for us is that we know also that he's already defeated. He's already been judged. God has prepared a place for him. The Bible says it's seven times hotter than hot. And you all think sometimes it's hot around here. <laughs> seven times hotter than hot. And in hell, nobody dies. Nobody brings you a cup of water. It's eternal punishment, eternal separation. Don't get caught by the devil's schemes. He's furious. He's deceitful. He's out to wreak havoc. Last comment. Again, going back to the book of Job. The one time in the Bible that I can recall the devil told the truth. And God said, Satan, where you been? <laughs> he told the truth. He said, I've been walking around the earth seeing who I can make a fool out of. <laughs> he told the truth. And God said, have you tried? Yes. My servant Job. God said, go get him. God had faith in Job. We talking about us having faith in God. God had faith in Job. Does God have faith in you? Can God send the devil to you and say, oh, 